And hello and welcome to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast. Uh, and we're here again once more with uh, me, Damon, and uh, our other host, Kyle. What's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing? Not too bad. I've just been pretty, really, really hyped for this one uh, all week. Oh, yeah. That's all I've been able to think about. It's uh, one of my favorite subjects. Uh, and we even have guests. We have guests. Guests, too. Two, in fact. Um, so we'll, we'll go ahead and get them uh, introduced to y'all so y'all know who we're, uh, who else is going to be talking with us today. Uh, first off, we have Lindy. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, Damon. Thanks. How are you? Not too bad. And then we have Olivia. How's it going? Hi, guys. How's it going? Not too bad. And uh, so if one of y'all want to go ahead and just uh, let us uh, know about a little bit about yourselves uh, so everyone kind of knows uh, who we're uh, dealing with. Oh, oh yeah. you, Lindy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, thanks, Olivia. Um, well, I uh, I'm Lindy. I am uh, one of pretty good friends with Damon. Loved Harry Potter forever. So super excited about this one and uh, got to test my knowledge here. So pretty stoked to go up against some others. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Olivia. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Um, I'm Olivia. I'm in England. So um, I met uh, Damon and Carl through the Facebook group that they met through. Um, and I've been a Harry Potter fan since the... I'm going to call it Philosopher's Stone throughout this recording, guys, so just hold on to your hats. Um, since those days, um, I've got a Harry Potter tattoo. Um, I'm in. Do you know what I mean? So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun ride it's today. It's permanent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's official. <laughs> well, we're very glad y'all were able to join us. Uh, and we, we, were, we really wanted some guests for this one because we are doing a Harry Potter Hogwarts draft today, y'all. Uh, it's going to be a real special one. Kyle, you want to uh, go ahead and break it down for everybody? Yes, sir. So um, this week we're going to be doing something real fun. Basically, um, you know, J.K. Rowling is is an absolute master at a craft, and she uh, wrote a nearly perfect book series. But, um, you know, we want to shake things up and uh, throw out some of our picks as alternates for the Hogwarts houses. So basically, um, each of us have an assigned Hogwarts house. We're about to um, list those and uh, we each have four picks and we're going to, we have um, our pick of the litter. We have living or dead. Any Harry Potter character can be a human being, can be, uh, can be an owl. Um, just anything that exists in the Harry Potter universe. And that does include hashtag not canon, the cursed child. Um, <laughs> uh, anything, uh, anything is up for grabs. Any, anything and anyone. Um, and we're basically sorting them into our our assigned house. So, so Damon, let's go ahead and run down who has what house. Yes. So I am the house of Helga Hufflepuff. I am the Hufflepuffs, the the house of of loyalty and hard work and uh, determination. So I'm going to be looking out for all those puffs today. Yes. Represent. <laughs> Lindy, what house are you? Oh, so I am Ravenclaw, the uh, the wit and wisdom of the bunch. But you know, we we still know how to have a good time. <laughs> Olivia, um, I'm going for Slytherin today, so I'm keeping an eye out for people who, uh, you know, cunning, got a good desire for power. But I'm also here to sort of rewrite the script a little bit and stop making them such pantomime villains hopefully love, yes. love hearing that because yes, of course, my, house is, my house is gryffindor and i'm going the exact same direction i like i said i think rowling is 
you know, she's a master. She wrote these houses so well. But uh, growing up, you you read the books and you're like, I want to be in Gryffindor. I want to be a good guy. And then much later, you're like, I do not want to be a Gryffindor. I don't want to be associated with James Potter. So uh, <laughs> that's exactly the direction I'm going. Uh, so I'm excited. Fun. And I, I, honestly, guys, I think I said it earlier. I think this is going to get deep, man, because, you know, the last couple of weeks, Damon and I have been like, oh, it'd be fun to see this person play Mr. Fantastic. But like here, we're going to be like, no, this person's brave. And here's why. And this person is cunning. And here's why. I mean, I'm I'm excited, guys. And, I, and definitely mm-hmm. don't be afraid, guys, to uh, to disagree. Why, you know, maybe maybe I have someone in Hufflepuff you're not going to like very much, but I definitely think you should tell me yes. and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> So, well, Kyle, I gotta, I gotta say, you're talking school age James Potter, not like grown up right. James Potter. Not, grown up James Potter wasn't a not incredibly a sacrificial ultimate dad James Potter. Of course, I'm <laughs> universal dad. <laughs> yeah, <James exactly>. <laughs> no, I'm talking yes. full uh, hoisting up Snibbles by his by his trousers, Ew, James Potter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. not a good boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to uh, get the draft started uh, like we do every week with a good old game of lists. And this week we're doing spells. And so uh, it's going to be speed round. Uh, you have 10 seconds for your pick each time. Uh, you can either say the the incantation of the spell or just the name of the spell. Uh, we're not going to be picky here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we're going to let Lindy go first. Uh followed by olivia and then kyle you can go and i'll finish it up okay sounds good we'll just keep shooting off uh, answers until one's left awesome (laughs) all right well i think i'll start at the beginning because it's the best place to start as jr tolkien told us all so let's do expediamus love it (laughs) expecto patronum um stupefy lumos obliviate Nox. Crucio. Imperio. Avada Kedavra. Silencio. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I'm still alive. Uh, uh, Olivia said Silencio. Um, uh, I hope this is T- Terran Telegra. Oh, that, okay. That That's probably as close as we're going to get. Yeah. So we know, we know what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, Knox, I think Olivia hit that. Oh, right. I think I said oh, you did Nox. say that. Oh, yep. Oh, um, Compulsio. There you go. Nice. Lindy. Oh my gosh, it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm like, uh, hello. Uh, so sorry about that. Um, we're gonna go with uh, uh. Four, um, five seconds. Um, stupefy. Uh, oh, we already did that. Already been said. One. We'll give yeah. you an extra five second. Um, let's do um, um, obliviate. Good one. Oh, ar- already been said. Oh. From- Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, um, let's do uh, uh, uh. Oh my lord, you guys. I think we gotta call it. <laughs> Three, two, call it. Okay. Do it. I'm out. I'm all out. Right. I'm not. I don't all right. Olivia, what what do you got? Um uh, Okay. Um Confundus. Confundus. Engorgio? 
Mm. Have we said that one? Uh, yeah. No one said that one. That's a good one. I'm ashamed of myself right now. Just no. go ahead. Olivia, you guys keep going for 20 minutes. Go ahead. Um, a pugno. Deep cuts. Um, a pisky. Pisky. Okay. Um, Fixing those glasses. I'm going to blank. I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Um, ooh. It's okay to blank. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. I'm blanked. Uh, down to two. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Olivia. Oh, sorry. Um, Scourgeify? Uh, yeah. Rictum Sempra. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Um... Reducto. Um, I don't remember if this was said already. Wasi Wadi? It has not. Oh. <laughs> it oh. might be Wadi Wasi. I don't know. I think I was going to say, I think you're switching. <laughs> Here's from the person who went out first. So don't even <laughs> we'll take it. Do it. We'll take it. Um, ridiculous. Oh, yes. Uh, Levicorpus. Ooh. Uh, Wingardium Levius. Oh, of course. How did I not think of that? Come on. Yeah, we didn't say <laughs> that, did we? No. Caput um, <laughs> Dracronis. Mm. That's Ooh. a password. <laughs> oh, you're so oh yeah. Good. You're, so you're good. right. Uh, uh, Alohomora. <laughs> oh, yes. There Ooh. we go. Oh, my God. Thank you for calling me out. <laughs> um, no problem. <laughs> Um, Relatio. Um, Protego. Um, oh man. Oh no. Come on, four more seconds. I know. Oh my god. Two, one. Very well played. Good game, though. Good game. That was great. Good game. Good game. Good game. Good game. (laughs) All right. So that is uh, Kyle. That means Kyle's the winner, then. Yes. Yes, sir. Wow. Good job, Kyle. Thank you. So, how do you want to do that? So, should we just go in reverse order? Of whoever was out? I'd say we could do. Okay. So, Kyle is first. Uh, then Olivia, mm-hmm. then myself, and then Lindy, and then Lindy, you'll get the uh, awesome turn, so we get two picks in a row, and then we'll just run it back and forth, and so we have our four picks. Oh, sweet! Okay. Gotta love um, a snake draft. Okay. Right. <laughs> snake draft all day. Um, well, then Kyle, you want to get us started for right. Team Gryffindor? Yes. Without further ado, so for House Gryffindor, um, let me put on my sorting hat for a second. Uh, my first pick i'm gonna go with um this is one that you know i just some backstory real quick uh damon and i we flipped a coin over gryffindor and hufflepuff (laughs) i uh i only in the last couple years have been sorted into hufflepuff on pottermore i now proudly claim it um i'm a former uh ravenclaw but i i was really gunning for that one and so gryffindor was a tough one because it's for me the most boring house um i know you know our heroes are in it and that's kind of why it's so boring um but I think that at its best, it's got some wonderful qualities. And all of my picks, I think, are in the right house. I think uh, JK nailed it. But I would really love to see an alternate universe where they're, you know, in, in Gryffindor. So um, without further ado, my first pick is 
someone known um, for, you know, to be in Gryffindor, you have to be brave and you have to be willing to uh, stand out and be an individual, not stick with the crowd. Um, and so I'm going with Luna Lovegood. Um, Ooh. I think she's a perfect Bomb. she's a perfect pick for Ravenclaw. She is incredibly smart, um, incredibly witty. Um, but I think that you know it, it's a special form of bravery to not want to be like other people and to just be yourself, as weird as you are. Um, Absolutely. And it's a really I mean Luna is mm. just one of my favorite characters in in the series. Um, legitimately there's a smile on my face on my face anytime i'm reading a, a chapter involving <laughs> luna um but she's just so charming mm-hmm. she's so winning and i think that again yeah it takes just a special form of of bravery to to stick out like that and uh you know to stand up for what she believes in she just vehemently uh you know defends her father's um her father's the quibbler um against hermione and and all the things that they believe in whether it's a you know, crumple horn snorkak or something like that. I think that she is just so, <laughs> um, she's got so much conviction and she really just does not back down. And again, you, you love a person who just is them, themselves and is so comfortable in their own skin. Um, and that's, that's Luna to a T. So she's, she's my first pick. I love that, Kyle. Um, I, one of my favorite images in the whole series is Luna with the lion head. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. beautiful and yeah, being able to hear her over everybody too. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So <laughs> um, what do y'all think about that pick, guys? Super. Yeah, I think it's about. great. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh no, Olivia. go ahead, Olivia. You go ahead. <laughs> I I I'm I'm enjoying this pick a lot. Like I think particularly one one lean at the moment that always sticks out in my mind is when she kind of calls out Ron for being yeah. unkind. Yes. and I think. Um, she doesn't do it in a mean way. She's not being cruel. She's just being, like, um, just being legit and just saying it how it is. And I think that takes it takes a bravery to sort of be honest about um, how mm. you feel about someone and you know do it in a pretty kind way as well. Um, I think I think Luna's the MVP. Yeah. <laughs> She's taken name. <laughs> uh, Lindy. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you, Kyle. Uh, she's the perfect pick for Gryffindor, even though I'm a little upset about it because she was on my oh, list. But that's okay. I'll, no. I'll let her go. I'll let that's her go. Well. I feel like this is going to okay. be happening a lot. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> there will be still. I can already um, feel myself getting so mad. I know. Um, <laughs> I, I will. I do want to ask you, Kyle. How how do you feel Luna would have done in Gryffindor? Do you feel like they would have? They would have still bullied her as much. Do you think they would have felt like she was more of their own and stood up for her? I think that um, maybe the bullying would probably have been the same. I think that being in the same house as Ginny would have really helped her a lot because they were already oh. so close. And, and yeah. Ginny was the one who kind of was like, she didn't stand for all the bullying. She was the, the person who introduced Luna to the group. And so having them in the same mm-hmm. house, I think would have been incredible. Just give me that like side book series of those adventures. I would love to read that. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, being in Gryffindor would have, um, I don't think it would have changed anything about her personality or her character. Um, she would have been the exact same, but it, I think it would have been a little more rewarded, rewarded um, the way that she stood up for, you know, she stood up against Ron and she stood up for what she believed in. I think that would have been noticed a little bit more by maybe, you know, Professor McGonagall. 
Well, and the Gryffindors might have liked her a bit more because she um, always gave Hermione yes. shit. Oh, sorry. Are we oh, allowed yeah. to? Absolutely. Oh, yes. No, this, this is adult content. Um, no worries. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, is this a sweary podcast? Very sweary. Um, she, yeah. So, you know, um, Hermione would say, you know, that doesn't exist. And she'd say, oh, yes, it does. <laughs> you know, all the time. And I think the Gryffindors yep. would have liked that. And I think Ginny would have gotten into straight up fights yes. with people if luna was in her house so just because of that Um, i love it yeah (laughs) oh yeah kyle (laughs) thank you thank you um so that would bring us to team slytherin oh yes um so considering where i am in the pick i'm changing my order slightly i think um my first pick is going to be someone who um use like frequently displays use of you know cunning ambition um manipulation sometimes like resourcefulness um loyalty which i think is often a trait that gets associated with hufflepuff Mm -hmm. i think slytherins they don't just they don't give out their loyalty Mm. to anyone they they have their inner circle of uh people that they're loyal to and i think this person uh does that um so my first pick for Slytherin is Hermione. Wow. Hermione. Mm-hmm. A muggle-born, you say. I love it. So, no yeah, one better talk... for Slytherin than a muggle-born. <laughs> I think so. I wasn't, I was sort of, um, so yeah, I think people often talk about her like affinity for Ravenclaw, you know, and it's in the book. You know, she says she was like seriously considered and she was nearly a hat stall. Um, so I think people sort of are often like, oh, if she wasn't in Gryffindor, she'd be in Ravenclaw. But she pretty consistently uses like uh, cunning, uh, cunning resourcefulness, manipulation, like rule breaking to achieve like her goals um, yeah. and her inner circle's goals. So, you know, she's super ambitious. She got the time turner when she was mm. 13, uh, just 13. Like um, she became Minister for Magic. You know, she's like just super high achieving. Um, Snape calls her own stuff, we'll know it all. But would Snape call her that if she were mm. in Slytherin? Mm. You know, probably would have. Traits would have been celebrated like pretty consistently across the staff and uh, the school, probably. Um, but yeah, just some examples of why I think she would of things that she's done that I think mean she should be in Slytherin. So like, she lies about the troll when she's <laughs> eleven. She lies about why she was going to like you know she and that doesn't make her look good. I know like. So she's doing it out of loyalty, but also it doesn't, you know, it's not, but no one questions it. She's like, oh yeah, I thought I could take on the troll. And no one is like, really? Everyone's like, oh yeah, Hermione, anything there. So she's obviously got a reputation. Um, also in Philosopher's Stone, she like charms Hagrid into revealing information about Fluffy and where he got Fluffy mm. and the dragon's egg and stuff. And I think that's kind of like a little thing that I kind of only notice kind of going back to it. She's like super yes. like trying to flap him and charm him and stuff. And I think that's quite manipulative mm-hmm. um and just things like the college's potion the confundus charm she is the reason the da exists which is like in direct disregard of the school rules Rebel. you know yeah. um yes yeah and then like you know her loyalty to harry she obliviates her entire yeah. family so like she's <laughs> <messing around. laughs> um so i think she'd just be i think i'm picking her for slytherin because i just think she'd um I think she'd improve the impression of Muggleborns in Slytherin because she's super high achieving. So that would like earn her a lot of points. Um, I think the Slytherins would be keen on that, like anything to make any of the other houses <laughs> look bad. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think she'd potentially like improve um, 
uh, like inter-house communications and like be sort of uh, I think in my mind she'd still have her opinions on like house elf rights and things like that and I think in a house like Slytherin that would be really important Mm. Um, and then just like in terms of establishing like a better reputation for muggle-borns among among, like pure blood families as she becomes minister for magic I think that would be really important so yeah that's what I'm that's who I'm going with my first pick that's amazing (laughs) Kyle what do you think about that I um I first want to say any of our listeners who are I don't know what the name is. Dramione shippers just lost their minds. <laughs> oh, I know. Really crazy. <laughs> I was hoping someone was going to mention yeah, Dramione. Yeah, uh, I'm really intrigued <laughs> to read this book. I, I just like that's up. so interesting to me, and I love that this immediately is turning, turning like everything about Slytherin on its head. Like Hermione is such an influential person anyway, and so like putting her in Slytherin, that's mm-hmm. wow. That I mean, that's a whole different book series. I think that. Slytherin, you know, that's one thing that I was so disappointed in with the books is, you know, in the, in the Battle of Hogwarts, not one of them chooses, hey, you know what, I'm going to stay and, and fight. And they all just decide as a collective group to leave. Um, and I think that JK... Uh-huh. Except for Draco, who runs back to Hogwarts right, for right. safety. He's the exactly. only one that does. Yeah. So uh, show Slytherin yes. that to him, too. Um, but I think that JK sometimes <laughs> wrote the House of Slytherin with a little bit broad strokes and throwing Hermione in there, man, that yeah. adds an incredible amount of nuance to that house. Um, that's just exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I love that uh, opportunity to, to see just all the stuff play out like that. It would be incredible. Um, I personally always think about Hermione at her, her most ruthless, you know, and, and this is perfect for Slytherin because she mm-hmm. does do what she thinks it needs to get done no matter what other people say. And that's no more evident than what she does to Rita Skeeter. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yes absolutely. oh yeah i didn't even think about Rita. Yes. Oh, my gosh. i mean she makes a girl oh, woman yeah. into a bug like no she says for a year for a whole year and she's like you will not you will not <laughs> screw with me you will not screw with harry and <laughs> i don't believe skeeta ever will ever touch hermione ever again <laughs> well and when she gets so upset she can't even think of a spell to do that she has to go up and punch draco malfoy and then slap him <laughs> times before everybody makes her stop because they're like well what the hell are you doing so yeah she's got a she's Mm. got a streak in her for sure Um, i think we're all in agreement here that that's a brilliant pick no thanks Mm -hmm. so i will go and do my first pick for your house hufflepuff then yeah Yeah. yes okay Mm. so i this is going to be a bit off the wall but uh, we, I definitely wanted to specify when we were doing this, could, did it have to be people that went to Hogwarts, you know? And it does not. It can be anyone in the universe, even muggles or, say, house elves, such as Dobby, Ooh. the house oh, elf. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> who is my first pick as Team Hufflepuff. Nice. Um, I'm going to start yeah. scratching and I just got to say... <laughs> um oh yes um i wanted dobby to be sorted in hufflepuff because he is one of my favorite supporting characters who if you only watch the movies he really doesn't you really don't get the true scope of who dobby is yeah. um you miss all the development in the no. fourth book with blinky i mean i'm blink uh, <laughs> blinky Winky. i know as soon as i saw that like i, I was very high <laughs> typing this up okay <laughs> so um but did you type yes i did as soon as i saw that i was like what the hell pac-man harry potter confirmed 
Um, but but he really does love hard work, and at his his truest form, he he likes to to do things for people, and he is. And of course, it, it's kind of you know questioned that that's kind of a part of who he is as far as his species. But um, he even after he fights for freedom from the Malfoys, he still loves to work at Hogwarts, and I really like that part of him. Um, but really, what sets him apart is his loyalty. Um, we see him, even though he is loyal to the Malfoys, he sees something wrong, um, and he 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 helps Harry no matter what, even if he hurts him in the process, which is a lot. <laughs> um, but even then, as we go forward, we see what he's uh, willing to do for those people he cares about. Um, of course, in the end, he he gives himself willingly to be able to sacrifice for for Harry and and them, and. It, that still makes me sad every time I think about it. Um, I don't want to talk about it anymore. So, but Dobby is a true friend, and I think being a friend is is very vital to being a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of what they do best. They're they're there for for everyone else, um, no matter who you are. And and I, I think Dobby really encapsulates that. And and I just wanted to highlight people who weren't able to be in the houses, you know. So yeah. I, I think Dobby would have been a really awesome student. Um, and and I just I just needed to show some love for Dobby the house elf. So <laughs> always. <laughs> That's so Hell yeah. I, uh, I love this pick. I um, Dobby, man, he you're right. He's just a true friend, and that's so key. That's so important. He um, he is fiercely loyal to Harry, but also, man, their relationship is great. But I love just the side little like moments of him, you know thanking ron for socks and like getting to know her like all all the interactions he has with harry's friends like he truly like there's a moment one of the rare moments that i love in a movie that's not in the book as far as i know when uh and right before he he dies he he rescues everyone from malfoy manor and luna goes you know uh, whenever you're ready sir and dobby's just he has the most pure response like she called me sir and it's just so sweet it's so heartwarming um he is a true puff absolutely i love this pick yes yes uh dobby's humility puts him as a hufflepuff for sure um yeah i mean like you said thanking ron for the socks but also he was the only house elf that cared for winky all the other ones kind of wanted to shove her to the side and be ashamed of all the butter beer she was drinking and just how dirty she was. Um, And so Dobby was the only one who cared. And he was the only one that went up to clean the Gryffindor common room after all the house elves were uh, very upset after all of Hermione's little hats and stuff (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) So, um, so always there to help no matter what. So even if he's the only one, so perfect pick Damon. Absolutely. Yeah. Big fan. Um, uh, although actually, I'm controversially not a massive Dobby fan, but I think that okay, your argument that hurts, is, okay. is <laughs> like, sorry, just you know, uh, <laughs> let's not go into it. However, um, you're like it's a slither, uh, and I can't help it. <laughs> I just he's just really annoying. That's but true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, but no, I think you're absolutely right. I think he he's he's a good guy, and obviously, yeah, he not only um, famously in the movies when Lucius goes to use the killing curse on Harry, oh just a movie then he uh, gets in the way of their <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So great. 
friends. But um, I just mean, like, in general, yeah, he's always just putting himself in front of uh, people to protect them. And I think that's a real nice quality. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, let's roll on to Lindy. And you have two picks back to back. So let's get them rolling. <laughs> so okay so for number one obviously got to go for the low-hanging fruit here for ravenclaw guys you guys already know what i'm gonna pick he is the number one he has come up with all of the stuff i mean <laughs> i sound really stupid here <laughs> for being a ravenclaw but i mean albus dumbledore oh, wow. gonna be the number one ravenclaw pick the one that got away I always thought it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Dumbledore is not a Gryffindor. Sure, he did all these heroic deeds. And yeah, sure, he helped vanquish the Dark Lord and eventually Grindelwald. But once you have all the backstory, not Gryffindor qualities. These are straight up Ravenclaw qualities. He's, He's incredibly smart. I mean, you don't have to go into all of his achievements. Everybody wants to be like Dumbledore. Everybody knows Dumbledore. Mrs. Fig said it. (laughs) <laughs> you don't know Dumbledore, you know? I mean, who doesn't know Dumbledore? She's a she's a squib, so uh he associates with everybody, he goes everywhere, he just has to look at something to solve a problem. What was left over after he died were all of the things that nobody could figure out how to work on his desk. Um, which is great. <laughs> Original Dumbledore creations. Um and I just think he uh, he's just a fantastic character. He's absolutely a horrible person, too. Don't get me wrong. Um, secrets <laughs> and lies are also part of wit and wisdom. You have to know how to work people, you know, when you're, when you're clever to achieve your own ends. Also a very Slytherin quality. Honestly, Olivia, I thought mm. you were going to choose Dumbledore for your first pick. Uh, yeah. I- it's on my list and I've got like pages and pages and pages I I thought he was going to be gobbled up by Slytherin right away because I think he's also the perfect Slytherin but um, just all those absolutely amazing knowledge base that he gives to the wizarding world and everybody after him I think is just the best um, achievement and as far as we know um, the only character to have two pre- two professor postings and then a mm. uh, headmaster if you guys mm. want to count that second fantastic <laughs> beast movie but um, that's a little contentious a little contentious there but <laughs> but regardless uh per the legendarium if you want to put it he is probably the smartest person there is so uh for that super easy reason i put him I in ravenclaw it. Dumbledore um, the Dumbledore and then the second one you know like Damon said we can do we can do anyone in the canon so I gotta go with uh Miss uh Pollyanna of the uh American Wizarding World yeah oh yeah <laughs> yes Tina absolute dream ah yes as much as uh as she wants to be so bad, she just cannot help but follow the rules. And um, if that is a Ravenclaw, I don't know what is. She's also incredibly smart. She wants to do things for the greater good, um, but not in a Deathly Hallows kind of way. Um, and yeah. <laughs> and it's just um, wants everybody to achieve as best they can and gets frustrated when they don't. Um, I think this is really exemplifies itself with her and Queenie's relationship. 
um, especially because I think she thinks Queenie can be so much more and she doesn't see that in herself. And I think when Ravenclaws that happens, you kind of get frustrated because you're like, well, just see that you're better than you are kind of a thing. And mm-hmm. I think that encapsulates Tina for sure. And um, yeah, I just think she, she just wants to break the rules, but she just has such a hard time. She's not as good as it is Hermione. So I think, um, I think Tina would be a Ravenclaw if she were to live in the England part of the world instead of uh, Ilvermorn. Great pick. Yeah. Those are good picks. Lindy, that's uh, a great yeah. Yeah. You said it all. I just want to, like, yeah, <laughs> Dumbledore is just the chess master of this franchise. Um, and uh, I love, I love, Damon, I love that the first time we bring two guests on, we get Dumb- uh, Dobby's annoying and Dumbledore's a terrible person. This is what you guys wanted. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we want hot takes and we exactly. want them, okay? We, I mean, don't, we don't want to just be Ranger. I'll die on that my favorite character in the series. And I'll absolutely 100% <laughs> agree. He's an awful person. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, love these two picks. Um, Tina oh, yeah. is uh, one of the few shining stars of a lackluster two-film franchise. Um, really, really love her in Queenie. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's so much more to her to be explored in what is supposed to be a five-film five franchise. God help me. Um, I can't wait for this. Um, but I'm excited to see her. Mystery Dumbledore, oh, everybody. Lord. Don't forget about um, that. <laughs> but I, uh, that's one of the things I'm excited about. I can't wait to see what happens with her. I think that, yeah, she, there's a lot more to her than meets the eye. And she is. She's very much a rule follower and very much um, – she's very, very intelligent, very smart. And that's a, that's a dark horse pick. Did not mm-hmm. expect that, but I love it. Yeah. I, I love Dumbledore. Um, like you said, I, I thought he might would have gone Slytherin, you know, but he is by far so, so intelligent and the things that he knows and what he accomplished in his life. It's just that drive and that, that, that thirst for knowledge. It seems like he always had, uh, even up until his dying day, it seemed like he was, he was doing things that he needed to get done. And I don't know if anyone else really could have gotten all that taken care of other than Dumbledore. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and Tina, it, Tina is of course probably my favorite character, other than Kowalski <laughs> of the, uh, other than the, uh, the the new Fantastic Beast series. So I, I I'm glad that she's getting picked and and a, a nice bright light shone yeah. on her. Excellent pick. Um, so that rolls. May I go ahead and Definitely. roll back into my second pick? Um, it's, it's my pick I'm, actually, I'm sir. Totally wrong. We're doing a snake draft. What am I thinking? Go ahead, yes. David. <laughs> It is all good, you know. Um, I just want to make sure, you know, you're not jumping because I, I really want this next person. Um, exactly. Trying to muscle yeah. you out of the way there, that Gryffindor. <laughs> Living up to my uh, Just like a Gryffindor. <laughs> really showing your true colors. Um, but with my next pick for, for House Hufflepuff, I, I wanted to, to shine light on someone who who we've seen in every single book and we can't help but love uh, even if they make really, really bad cake. <laughs> and so Rubius Hagrid <laughs> is my second choice for Hufflepuff. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's yes. Um, I yeah. mean, Hagrid is one of the most important Obviously. characters in the entire series. We all know this. And if you don't, you should really read it again. <laughs> um, seriously. He's the first person who shows <laughs> Harry this this just unconditional kindness and support. Mm. Um, 
it of course transforms into this very familiar love. Uh, you know, it's known as a, what storage storage love, uh, the Greek love of, of, of family, you know, it describes the bond between Harry and Hagrid so well. It evolves very naturally where they just like to hang out and talk and enjoy each other's company. And they really are there for each other throughout the series. Um, when Buckbeak needs help uh, being saved uh, before being executed, Harry's going to help that. And, and so um, everything we see about Hagrid, he just likes to make people happy and help them if he can. Um more than anything, he helps mm. animals. He's an animal lover. <laughs> and if he sees any of them in need, or if they just don't need anything, he will still love them, and he love them and love them some more. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I, I just find that heart and that, that, that ability to love is very fitting for him to be in Hufflepuff. Um, he, he is, of course, brave. We, we see that, but... Um, I wanted to mention something like in the seventh book, what, what he did. It's um, where is it at? Do, 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 do. Uh, they, they mentioned that um, we found out when uh, they were talking over the radio that uh, he would, he was throwing parties. Okay. <laughs> so it's this, this line right here. May I just, um, <laughs> this is from Remus Lupin in the Deathly Hallows. May I just add that while we are here at Potter watch applaud Hagrid's spirit, we would urge even the most devoted of Harry supporters against following Hag- Hagrid's lead. Uh, support Harry Potter parties are unwise in the present climate. <laughs> Rubius would be out in COVID right now just so if it meant helping Harry. <laughs> and let's just face it. So he will do anything <laughs> for those people. And for that, Hagrid is a Hufflepuff. Love it. Yes. And it's a great pick. Yes. And if he had to go live in that room of requirement with everybody else, it would just get <laughs> It would be really very big. crowded. Uh, yeah. I love it. Such a kind soul. Um <laughs> You Perfect. you said it perfectly. He is that first example of kindness that Harry ever experiences in his life, and that's so important. I mean, so valid. And he's Harry's he's Harry's gateway to the Wizarding world. Um, I love it. Really good call on the Greek man. I had no idea what you were talking about, so I just yes and I was like, yeah, sure, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm out here learning. <laughs> Yeah, he's, uh, he's, I mean, he's, like you guys said, he's the gateway, but he's also Harry's uh, gateway into the wizarding world mm. as well, you know, getting his friends associated with Hagrid. And that's how he gets in being completely unassociated with everything, not even knowing anything as much as Hermione. Hermione knew more than Harry. So, I mean, mm. Hagrid was really yeah. Harry's in with all the other students to um, be like, I, I belong. I know people here. So... Absolutely, yeah. Thank Perfect you. Pick. Yeah, it's great. He's the original soft boy. You know, he's just an absolute delight. Um, I think it's perfect. right. Like, I mean, he was a Gryffindor in the books, but I, I just feel like he maybe he was a, a brave kid, reckless, and he obviously is with with what he he puts himself in danger every time he grabs a magical creature. But he, it's just he's such more softer than that. So I, I really wanted to highlight it, yeah. highlight mm-hmm. it. So. Well, and a Gryffindor wouldn't hide the pieces of their <laughs> wand in a pink umbrella. I mean, sorry, Kyle. I don't, I don't think I don't, <laughs> I don't really think any of any Gryffindor is going to be like, that's the first thing I'm going to reach it's for. It's a great point. <laughs> um, so we move on from Hagrid, and we're going to our second pick for uh, House Slytherin. Yeah. Um, this one, I'm kind of following Damon's uh, first pick lead here, and I'm going... Um, 
something, someone, something. Anyway, she is just um, a little bit sassy and a little bit arrogant. And my second pick is Hedwig the Owl. So I know Damon and Carl and I kind of vaguely talked about this, but then I was sat thinking about it and I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do this one. Um, And it's pretty bold, pretty bold possibly to have her as my second pick. Pretty bold to have her as my second pick, I think, but um, (laughs) Dumbledore is not on the table. So, Um, (laughs) no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, So, yeah, I think I've not got like tons to say about this. I think, you know, Obviously, she's not a speaking character, but sometimes actions speak louder than words. And sometimes you just need, uh, you know, someone stubborn, yeah, proud to the point of arrogance. I think I'm just <laughs> passionate about this because I'm that friend, um, like, you know, super protective and like loyal to her inner circle. You know, she's really loyal to Harry, but not just Harry, like, you know, I think, you know, she is really loyal to Sirius as well. Like, you know, she understands that when people come into Harry's circle, they're, they're in her circle too. Um, and sometimes you've just got to turn your nose up at some soggy vegetables from the bottom of a soup. Sometimes that's just not good enough. And sometimes you need to make your displeasure with that known. Um, and I think just if you had a, in your house, you'd be having a great time. I think she's not taking any bullshit off anyone. Um, and I think she just is creating space for herself. And I just think, you know, it's it's almost indescribable. You know, when you just know that some something belongs in <laughs> somewhere. Hedwig belongs in Slytherin. <laughs> yeah, I always love to imagine the scene um, and what was going through Hagrid's mind when he picked mm. Hedwig for Harry for his gift. <laughs> and because, yes. you know, he goes into that shop and all those owls are like, <laughs> oh, man, who's this big guy? And she's like, you're picking me. And who else, yes. at, who else do we know yeah. of that has a snowy owl? And what's more ostentatious and beautiful and alluring and unable to get than a snowy owl. So she's like, of <laughs> yes. course I'm for the boy who lived. She's so a queen absolutely, and she absolutely a Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. She, mm-hmm. yeah you, know, she, you know, she's super protective and loyal and stuff, but she's super just full of disdain. And that is, I think, you know, Slytherin, I don't want to play into the pantomime villain thing, and I certainly don't think she's a villain, but they certainly do look down their noses at everybody, and she is the queen of that. And I think she'd just bring a little bit of fun into the proceedings, especially if my four picks are potentially... Like, I kind of started thinking about what if they were all in Slytherin (laughs) at the same time together, and I think... If I'm going down that road with my other picks, I think they'll just have a I want to see the... (laughs) Yeah. I I love this... Mm -hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, we see how much character Hedwig has throughout the series. And and she really, like you say, she is feisty and, and she's really has a mind of her own. Uh, we see in like Order of the Phoenix, you know, uh, she's able to push past uh, with her injured wing and be able to deliver a message to Harry uh, when Umbridge is taking all the owls, you know, to read all the mail. Uh, she she does whatever she's, she needs to to make sure Harry's taken care of. And I, I love I that. Love she... Um... I really just want to read mm-hmm. the the chapter of Half Blood Prince where the Slytherin Underground Fight Club has her fighting another owl. That's that's all I can picture now with uh, <laughs> with her being in Slytherin. <laughs> it's it's great. She's the sassiest <laughs> Harry Potter character, and she lets us know it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so many fingers. All right. Yes. Now, now I'm not joking anyone. <laughs> I will go ahead and roll into uh, my second turn if that's all right. 
All right. Yes, so um, for my second pick, I'm going to roll with another one. It's kind of along the same line as Luna, but this is someone who um, sticks out in a crowd. She, to me, has one of the low-key most heartbreaking arcs in, in the series and I think never really gets enough love because um, she's in love with a man who doesn't want to be with her for a while and then they finally get together and there's just so many trials and, and tribulations that come their way um, and I'm going with Nymphadora Tonks um, I watch her absolutely. watch her one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. um, such a Watcha. That's much better than me. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Sorry, you for that Olivia. so much. Jesus. <laughs> it was really good. Um, so good. You're, you're like, absolutely fine. You're like I'm putting a kibosh on all of the accents right um, now. I, I love Tonks. I, I love, Sorry, like I said, the arc that she and Lupin are taking. Lupin is my favorite character in the series. And, and um, I think that Tonks, um, mm-hmm. man, just what an incredible arc she's taken on. She's such a bright spot in the series when she's introduced in, in order. Um, she's she's an absolute klutz and i also think just the image of that as a gryffindor is so funny to me um but i would just love to see because she really what what she goes through takes a lot of bravery and a lot of daring and um she chooses to love a man who like anyone would tell her not to they they tell her it's a terrible idea to go down that path and their love makes it through um and we get ted out of it and uh you know, she's just an incredibly resilient character and um, she shows up when it matters. Um, she's one of the people who, one of the order who show up at the end of um, Order of the Phoenix to fight the, the Death Eaters. Um, she is there. Um, uh, she's there at Hogwarts at the end of Half, Half-Blood Prince. Um, she is there in the, I'm going to say not canon scene where the burrow is destroyed for some reason. Um, <laughs> uh <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, that's a lego set now you guys what a by headache. the way so uh, yeah just making people cry as they bu- they're building legos <laughs> uh, she's always there though she's just always there she's so resilient she is um just someone who does not get knocked down by life and i think that's really important for a gryffindor um and unfortunately pays the ultimate price at the end of the story but again leaves an incredible legacy of someone who just did not back down from a fight and when it mattered was there and was there to um just to stand up for what was right and so that's why uh tonks is my second pick heck yeah and uh definitely no grace yes uh, so make sure <laughs> it too. So. not a lot of tags <laughs> Um, I, yeah, she is rushing headlong into stuff with no yeah. understanding of consequences. And right. I love it. I, I really mm-hmm. feel like yes. she's one of those characters that introduced at a later time. We they we were getting a lot of other house characters, you know, the older characters, and I felt like if if she had been introduced earlier, I almost feel like she would have been a Gryffindor because those the main characters always seem to be Gryffindor and and she almost fits it more mm-hmm. so in my opinion. So I I love this pick because she is very confident and very out there and she never really seems to to think <laughs> before she yeah. leaps. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Perfect Griff. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I always definitely want to see um in the sort of uh, side story. I would always want to see the the sort of summer of her hanging out oh, at Grimmauld Place with Remus and Sirius, like falling in love with Remus, and yes. just 
just giving Sirius absolute shit all the <laughs> it's time. The dirty dancing. Of oh god, Potter. I just want to see that sitcom. Her and Lupin. Yeah, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, yeah. some of the best casting oh, yes. in the movies. Too. So good. Natalia Tena, I think, is what her name is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Such a There's fun a character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so yeah, so fantastic. She and she's universally loved, I think, by pretty much I don't everybody. Know anyone. You yeah. don't really get anybody right. that's like um, Tom. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and roll in with my next pick. Um, so for this next one, I initially had Dobby, but I love that he was picked because <laughs> I mean, he just needs to be picked. He's one of the MVPs. Um, sorry, Olivia. I just think that I'm, I'm just glad he got picked. Uh, that's all I'll say. Uh, and I'm gonna, yeah, good. Uh, he was on my so list. I'm too, gonna go ahead and roll with fun. one who, um, this is a character who I just wish we had seen more of. He is someone we get introduced to. Um, I believe in Azkaban, and then we have to say goodbye to in the next book in Goblet. Um, I'm going to go with Cedric Diggory. Uh, I I love Cedric. I think that he um, is you just like Harry. You want to hate him when you meet him. He's like the the perfect jock, which also like is the stereotype of Gryffindor. But you know, he's just he's this really just nice, affable guy. Um, he seems to do everything right, and like I said, you kind of want to hate him alongside Harry. You think. Cho should be with Harry and, and all this stuff, but he, he really wins you over, um, especially in Goblet. You know, he, he fights fair. He, um, you know, after Harry gives him the tip about, uh, mm-hmm. about the dragons, he returns the favor for, for the second task. And he, um, he's just interested in, in helping people, which I understand is a very Hufflepuff quality. So I think this was a great call by Rowling, but I just think that I also just, I, my friend Jason and I talk about this all the time, just how valuable would he have been in the Battle of Hogwarts? It's just one of those great what-ifs. I mean, so val- he would have been so valuable, but I just I think that he is kind of that, that shining golden boy quality that you sometimes hate in a Gryffindor, but he does it in a way that's really charming and really disarming and very affable, <laughs> and um, you just gotta love him. I think that, I said this way earlier in the pod, but he, he is what I think is the the best qualities of James Potter. Um, he's just very charming and he wins you over, but he's not an asshole. He's not bullying yes. people as far as we know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's just, and his, his death mm-hmm. is really, you know, for me, it was the turning point in the series. Like, Oh, shit's getting real now. People are dying. Um, One but really just disarmingly heartbreaking. I mean, mm-hmm. I did not expect to be so affected by his death. But it really is such a loss because he is, there was so much potential mm. there. Like, just imagine, you know, again, if he, if he had lived past that, imagine how valuable of an asset he would have been to Harry. Um, so I think that, yeah, he, he would just thrive in Gryffindor. Um, I, I, I love that he's a Hufflepuff because I'm glad that Hufflepuff gets, gets some recognition when he's in the, in the Triwizard Cup. They don't, never really get any. Um, so I love that. But I just think mm-hmm. that, um yeah he just just displays that that kind of golden boy quality that he kind of just wins you over he's got that superman uh quality i i love that i i that comparison because he he's like that golden knight like you say the superman the everyman the just kind and chivalrous and it seems like he could do no wrong you know and i really do wish we could have seen a lot more of cedric um and i feel like that's almost the exact i the purpose of his character was to give us this almost seemingly perfect kid, you know, and then have it dashed away. And 
in yeah. innocence lost, you know, and it, it's just sad. Um, I, I like that. Yeah. I like that pick, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great pick. Yeah, he seems like he'd be the guy that would be in – He's mm. on the Quidditch team, but he'd also be in like the yeah, Gobstones Club. Absolutely. And everyone would be totally <laughs> fine with it. And say, yeah, that's yeah. Cedric. Totally. Get you a guy that can do both. <laughs> yeah, the only guy. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, yeah. Totally. All right. So, Olivia, let's hear, uh, let's hear your that's next so pick. That's so nice. Um, okay, cool. So, my next pick um, is someone that I'm keeping in Slytherin. Um, I think they are the best example of Slytherin. Um, uh, yes. So my third pick is yes. Horace Slughorn. I was hoping you would say yes. that. Yes. Um, I think he's just, yeah, like I say, one of the few examples of Slytherin that express some more, like, uh, humanizing traits, like naivety and remorse, like remorsefulness. And, you know, he has a sort of really fulfilled, redemptive arc. Um, so, yeah, he's obviously, like, got a lot of self-interest and ambition you know choosing his favorite students on the basis of their you know ability um in order to like provide him with perks or like contacts or benefits or whatever um so that's like pretty shrewd um he you know befriends Hagrid and treats him really kindly even though the primary reason is to gain something um and he's got like massive loyalty to the school although he sort of barters his way into coming back and sort of has to be persuaded he's you know, he, um, he's got real loyalty to Dumbledore, um, even though it kind of comes across as it, to me, they're, they're sort of like to and fro when Dumbledore takes Harry to go see Slughorn. It's all very, I find it all very charming. Like they're clearly just Mm. Dumbledore and Slughorn clearly know each other so well. It just feels like a real dance, that whole conversation, um, which I really like. Uh, so yeah, I think, um, he just, he supports, and helps good people as long as he gains. So it's like always a mutually mm-hmm. beneficial arrangement. But, you know, notably, he gave up that lavish lifestyle to avoid working with Death Eaters. So like, he's not a bad person, or he doesn't have, you know, um, you know, crazy views on blood status or anything like that. You know, famously, he's a really big fan of Lily. Um, and, you know, the Death Eaters probably would have let him carry on living his life if they if he had just helped them a little bit. And he went on the run instead um and obviously i think all of that is down to the one time he had a negative mutually beneficial relationship was with tom riddle and that was like obviously a big a big boo-boo on his part to like <laughs> let that happen um but he felt true remorse about that and you know in half-blood prince you know he said i you know i did real damage by giving him that information and you know again it, yeah expressed his love for lily and and then he, although he left the Battle of Hogwarts, he came back. Um, and I think that, you know, spurred by his want to just find peace with the mistakes he'd made. Um, and yeah, I just am really, pl- really proud to have him be a head of Slytherin House. It. And I want him, I want to keep him. Yes, fantastic. Totally mm-hmm. one of my picks. Oh, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh but that's okay. We're really He's- going back and forth here. No, it's okay. I think Ravenclaw and Slytherin have a lot of interchangeable things, and you're Definitely. totally, you're absolutely right about everything. He's he's 100% a Slytherin, and mm-hmm. I think Slytherin's one of their huge um, strengths is their ability to see through bullshit, like you've said before, Olivia. Mm. And in that, that they can see 
potential mm. that nobody that the person isn't able to see in themselves and his uh, yeah and definitely he, yeah and he obviously has that ability manifold because he has all of these people that he has helped achieve in some way whatever status they have or is still in contact or says he is with a lot of these people um and I think that's a very Slytherin quality yeah so. like I think it can it's it's quite you know, it's obviously manipulative to get these <laughs> kids and then exploit them for their abilities. But I think it's also quite like, um, it's quite, you know, perceptive. And it's also, you know, he's clearly um, giving them yeah, an ego super, boost too. Yeah. Like someone like, uh, sort of just to see Ginny doing a bat bogey hex in the corridor and be like, she's got something. Like, I think that's, yeah. um, that's Love like a it. really cool. Yeah. That's like really <laughs> I think, supportive of him. And he clearly is a really good teacher as well. You know, like, um, you can see from the passage yeah. of the books and even like the movies. I love his portrayal in the movies, even though it's not why I pictured him as in the books at all. I think no Jim, Jim Broadbent does fantastic work. And I just think, yeah, I think, yeah, the example that I said, like where he goes down to see Hagrid, although he's trying to get something off him, ultimately, like, he's really <laughs> nice to Hagrid and he just gets drunk with him and they have a little sing song. And I think. <laughs> sing super like, sad songs. Yeah. And like. Um, yeah, so I think in the movies as well, he just really makes me laugh with the way he interacts with people. But um, <laughs> I think he's just like a good egg, but he just knows his own strengths and he can see other people's as well. And I think that's like I like that, and I I, I want to yeah. add he is he is a not a bad guy, but he he shows one of the truest Slytherin qualities, which is uh he is always self serving above yeah. all. You know, it's always going to be what mm-hmm. helps him. Mm-hmm. And then if other things will benefit others, sure, but it's got to be for him first. And and it's good to show that balance of, of this character that we enjoy and is a pleasant person, but still still going to kind of look out for himself. So I, I love that he's going to still be stuck in Slytherin. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but also the key with that is that, yeah, he'll still serve first, but not at the expense of like... Like I say, yeah. not going to the Death Eaters. So, like, I think there's a really nice line there. Um, <laughs> not all Slytherins are Death Eaters, yes. guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he turns himself into a an Talk upholstered chair cunning. to hide. Yeah. Perfect. That's also, I mean, just fantastic. <laughs> cunning, absolutely. They will never suspect um, this. All right. Uh, any <laughs> other thoughts uh, before we it. move on? I'm going to go with no, my third pick it, for Hufflepuff. Um, so when we think of Hufflepuff, uh, yeah. loyal, a true friend, a hard worker, never gives up. Uh, he, you can see the good in people, right? A kind soul who who uh, we see in the book definitely shows why he was sorted into Gryffindor. And so the person I'm talking about is Neville oh. Longbottom. <laughs> oh, And yeah. I'm drafting, yeah. drafting Neville because he really does have <laughs> so- all these Hufflepuff qualities that, I mean, he, he kind of prides himself on. Like, this is how who he feels that he is. He's a very um, – I and, of course, with this, I love the character and development of yeah. Neville more than anything. Uh, we first see him scared, nervous, mm-hmm. a wee bit frazzled. Um, but by the end of book one, we see him that he's, uh, he's at least going to be able to stand up for himself – uh, and more more than himself for his house, mm-hmm. and of course that's bravery. But I also see a, a kind of a strong feeling of loyalty because um, he did that because he knew mm-hmm. that it was going to hurt his house, not just him, but it was a sense of pride I felt like mm-hmm. towards those others who he felt a community towards, and I feel that's that's fairly Hufflepuff. Um, from there, we we see a slow and steady progress for Neville. 
Um, high points include giving us the best visual of Snape <laughs> in the series ever with the bothered. Um, <laughs> we, we get into the order. We get mm-hmm. a much more confident and self-assured Neville. He's, he's able to start uh, getting spells down. He, he's getting confident, uh, getting a little bit taller. Yeah, he believes in himself just a little bit more. And, and with this, he's just, uh, he believes in a cause. Uh, he becomes stronger with this. And uh, he, I think he really could fall into any of the houses other than, of course, Slytherin. Uh, he, he's not a very ambitious or, or cutthroat person. But um, so, but for Hufflepuff, I, I really wanted to focus more on um, where are we going? Um, I think Helga would just be very proud of having Neville in her house. Um, and I think all of Hufflepuff would. He's such a kind and gentle person um and we we see him never really in you know really ever mean harm towards anyone and and so i i just find that that kindness that true gentleness to be perfect for hufflepuff i love it the the ultimate glow up in the series yeah that's so nice please call me um i I, just uh yeah For real. <laughs> Me too. Uh, yeah. Neville is just, even though I love, like I just said, the glow up, I love how he just becomes the truest of Gryffindors. I also think he is simultaneously the truest of Hufflepuffs. That's a great call. Like he is just, he's such a kind soul. Um, mm-hmm. Much like uh-huh. Hagrid is just so friendly to just everyone. Um, he does not pick a fight with anyone. Unfortunately, he's the one who's getting picked on but he you know he just doesn't want to harm anyone he just wants to be friends with people and wants to i think a big part of it too is he wants to be a part of a family um and so like you said uh damon you know he's so loyal to gryffindor Mm -hmm. in book one because that's his his family harry potter is so much about the family you find and so he he just he's so loyal to his family even in book one and then to see that progression is really wonderful so i love that it's a great pick Yeah. Yeah. Hufflepuffs to me are also incredibly unflappable. You could say it takes a lot to rile up a Hufflepuff um, unless it's something that is absolutely abhorrent, like, Mm. you know, torturing your parents and killing people for no reason. Mm. Um, Because really that's the only time we see Neville get really upset. And also like when people are getting picked on, is is kind of ironic that that's when Neville gets really upset because um, he can take it, but he I think he thinks that other people can't take it yeah. so much because they're not used to getting so much yeah, shit really as like he that. is. Mm. Um, so I think that's yeah. So mm. I think that's a very Hufflepuff quality about Neville too that uh, he's like whatever, pick on me, but but really don't don't mess with anybody yeah, that I care that. about because I'm I'm not going to stand any of that. I will. I wanted yeah. to say, like, yeah. I, I just saw this the other day, and I thought it was hilarious. It was a good old meme. We're showing a uh, in the in Chamber of Secrets with uh, Sprout and the uh, Mandrakes, and you know, and they're all going. And uh, no, and of course, I'm forgetting this wrong, of course, because I'm still high. But it's it's actually, I'm sorry, it's the it's Prisoner of Azkaban, <laughs> and it's the fat lady, and uh, she's screaming, and uh, everyone's covering their ears, right? Except for Neville, and he's covering <laughs> Trevor's ears. Oh because my that's God, how much he so cares. <laughs> oh, it's just. <laughs> I have not noticed that. That's so, so Hufflepuff great. till he dies, man. Uh, so th- I believe that yes. will lead us to uh, picks three and four for Lindy. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this one, I am very happy that no one has picked yet. Um, so more than anything else, everybody knows that Ravenclaw is intelligence and wit and wisdom and all that stuff, which I think I have covered with my first two picks, but I think intelligence um, with it comes emotional intelligence and you have a few characters. Everybody has some of it, but there are very few characters that encapsulate every type of emotional intelligence, being able to see a person for who they are, being able to um, deal with their own um, trials and tribulations, how everybody else sees them, how to present themselves. Yes. Um, we're talking about no one else but Mr. Remus Lupin. Um, oh. Yes. I think it was a huge mistake of the sorting hat to put him in Gryffindor. Um, I think a Gryffindor <laughs> would tell his friends that they're being dicks um, to somebody mm. who you mm. think is just fine because they're smart and they've never done anything to you, which is what a Ravenclaw is to me. They kind of be like stopping a dick to their friend who's doing that. And so I think that Lupin... Uh, I'm excuse me, Gryffindors would have done that. Lupin as a Ravenclaw kind of just kept his nose in his book and was like, okay, well, he'll, he'll eventually stop. It'll, it'll be fine. It's just James. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I think that he realized that in the end, that was a terrible thing to do because people are who they are because of everything that forms them. And I think a true Ravenclaw would be able to withstand seeing, thinking their three best friends are either murderers, murdered, murderers or mm. murdered um all within 48 hours of each other um and then one of them going to jail for the next 12 years so it's just um i think there's a lot of heartbreak and there's a lot of intelligence that comes with being able to go through life knowing how to deal with people who hate you for something that happened to you when you were a child and um dealing with uh different types of uh hatred and um, ways people can be awful to each other and being able to still teach students in a way that uh, doesn't bother anybody. Because if you do remember, um, Lupin was the only teacher that Malfoy did not, well, or Fred or George because of, or excuse me, Ferenz because of uh, Umbridge, but he was the only teacher that Malfoy didn't oh, wow. push out yeah. of the school. It had to be another teacher. That's true. Mm -hmm in Snape. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I think that he was able to uh, see how to teach every student and get them all interested. Um, and I think only a Ravenclaw could be able to see how to teach every different kind of person to get them interested in a lesson, um, mm. to have them not want to be kicked out of a school because they are. Hey, I will say real quick, Malfoy mm. probably only didn't get him kicked out because he was busy trying to get <laughs> <Yeah>. aggregate. <laughs> I love that's this. Uh, Lupin, that's a fair point, what a yeah. great teacher. Uh, he obviously is the best defense against the dark arts teacher that Harry and his class has, but he just, he know he sees the students. And like you said, he knows how to mm -hmm. straight up stand and deliver them and get them excited. And uh, he, um, yeah, just, uh, I, this is another dark horse, uh, Lindy, but I really love this pick because the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. He just is an incredibly intelligent person. And you're right. Emotional intelligence is, is right up there with, um, with the brains. And he, he, um, 
he weathers a lot in mm-hmm. the ability that he has to still, you know, teach and to, to see kids for who they are and see their potential. And um, I was just rereading Azkaban the other day, and there's a chapter that mm-hmm. it goes straight from a potions class to his first or one of his first classes with the the bugger. And so you get the, the really deep contrast in how Snape just ridicules Neville to when uh, Lupin mm-hmm. just gives him the ultimate victory over Snape. And it, yes. what a teacher. Uh, he just knows how to teach kids. He knows how to meet them at <laughs> their level and, and, and teach them um, and get them excited about what they're doing. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. love this pick. Same. Yeah. Yes. I think, yeah, I think Luna absolutely. would be like a teacher like Lupin if Luna was they, a They teacher. both have this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Olivia, you can I go. I think it's interesting. Hmm? No. Okay. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say it's interesting as well because, like, I think he is sometimes, and he's my favorite character. He's sometimes mm-hmm. like logical to a fault as well. Like when he his logic about not getting together with Tom, he's like, yeah. "I'm too old. I'm a werewolf. I don't have any money." And that's like his logic, and that's you know to him that's watertight. <laughs> and it takes someone brave like Punks to kind of come in and be like, "No, no." And I think sometimes that. Um, that can be a thing with Ravenclaws where you kind of have to be like, okay, bigger picture here. It's not just about what you consider to be the most logical thing. Um, even though I do consider him to be like super, you know, emotionally intelligent, he can be a bit sort of um, blinkered sometimes. And I think yeah, that's, you know, in some ways that can be quite a very cool trait. And I, I think really Remus is more, is, is on the side of, there's always this debate, you know, the hat, does it ultimately decide or does the person? And I think with Remus, I think he might have wanted Gryffindor a little bit more to maybe give himself a little bit more confidence. Because um, otherwise, Ravenclaw fits him to a T, yeah. I think. He just does. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this pick. So your, yeah. your very really last good. pick, Lindy. Yeah. Um, and my last one, I think um, this one's going to be one that I don't think anybody has. It's a character that um, I am very interested to know more about. Um, I've, I've read as much as JK has put on <laughs> Pottermore, which is now <laughs> Wizarding World or whatever they call it. Um, it'll still be Pottermore to me. Um, but um, I think that it would just be... Uh, interesting to see how she would have been at school and her uh, drive and tenacity and to get to where she is today. Um, my pick is Serafina Pickery, the president uh-huh. of Makusa in Ooh. Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, um, I just I think that she hasn't gotten a lot of screen time or really story at all. I think she's just a very interesting character, especially because. I think Tina is such a badass and she is so scared of her and um, <laughs> like disappointing her. Not like I'm scared of her. She's going to hurt me. I'm scared to disappoint this lady because I look up <laughs> to her so much. And I just think magical politics would be so much more difficult to navigate mm. than, you know, muggle or no madge politics. And um, just <laughs> the tenacity and drive that you would have to do to want to do that is it's crazy to me. And also she just has to be so incredibly intelligent to be able to keep the magical world a secret and all of the contradicting sides of the aisle or whatever together in um, appreciating that no matter what you think, you all have to be quiet about this because it's the rule that we have here. 
Um, and I just think she would definitely be a Ravenclaw because she seems an incredibly intelligent, poised, composed person. I love it. All that we know about her. So that's a great call. I think that she, um, for all the reasons you stated, we have not seen much of her and I'm actually very excited to see what, what happens with her character. I think it's a wonderful performance in the, in the small screen time we've seen. Um, but yeah, she, I mean, to have that position, you really just gotta be really smart. Um, I don't envy her. Um, she's got a lot of moving pieces she's got to take care of. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot going on, I think, beneath the surface that we haven't quite seen yet. And you, you made a great point that Tina is very, very afraid of, of dis- disappointing her and letting her down. And um, that says something. So that's a, that's a really great call. Same. She has this yeah. presence about her, um, mm-hmm. very formidable, and it seems like she just demands respect without ever having to. Um, it's like you said; everyone seems to crave to be accepted by her, and they want to make sure that she's happy um, and content. I I definitely want to see a lot more from her because I I just don't know enough. I I really don't, and I hopefully that might be enough to get me to watch <laughs> the rest of those movies. So. I'm really hoping for that. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, if Jude's Law's ass uh, doesn't, I guess something's gotta make you watch it. Because, um. <laughs> yeah, I think between your two picks, you know, you're from um from that world of you know Tina and Serafina. Yeah. They're the two characters watching those movies that I was like, oh, I care what happens to these two. Yes. Um, I think they were the most like beautifully portrayed. Um, and the most, even though we we don't see a lot of uh president i was sort of invested in her story um and that was down to um yeah her the way she came across and i just think she was a great a great all right pick. lindy that that yeah. is your squad for for team ravenclaw house ravenclaw what a squad Ooh. all I'm, right I'm so pretty we're, good with it. we're gonna go ahead and move on to finish ours and then we'll recap at the end um so i am going to do my last pick mm-hmm. yes right, for hufflepuff um so my favorite Uh-oh. character right here. The best friend of the boy who lived. <laughs> the second youngest of the Weasley children. Chess <laughs> strategist. Quidditch fanatic. Uh, Ron, along with his family, ushers us into their home and their hearts, letting us see what a wizarding family looks like. One that, even oh. with the Ministry of Magic salary, is not one on the wealthy side. Still, we see Ron as a very proud wizard who likes being a wizard, and later on a Gryffindor, just like the rest of his family. I, I, you know, I really think that's really why he is in Gryffindor. It's, it's almost like that tradition of the pureblood Slytherin needs to be in Slytherin, uh, family legacy. Uh, the Weasleys were Gryffindors, and that's how it was going to be. But I say that's malarkey. I think Ron Weasley is a wonderful example of friendship. <laughs> he, help, he helps out Harry without even thinking about it when they first meet. Um, and this is really what it's based on. I mean... Along with him and Hermione, of course, Ron shows us how much he cares for those he believes he's friends with. Um, And he never really cared about Harry being famous, no matter what anyone wants to tell you. Um, He was there because (laughs) he he gave out a a hand of friendship. Harry took it, and they never really looked back. Um, And since then, Ron stood up for Harry whenever he needed to, uh, fiercely, fiercely loyal to to those that he wants to protect. He's a bit of a hothead, of course, uh, not the most intelligent person, but when he puts his mind to it, he's a very hard worker. Um, he just <laughs> has to have that motivation, yeah. I should say. Um, 
Um, mm. But also, I mean, he, um, you don't spend hours of private time talking about anything and everything. Um, let's see. And we just see Ron do whatever it takes to help going forward. Oh, uh, hold on one second. Let's see. Um, he goes and. <laughs> Demons too high again, guys. He, he, well, <laughs> what he does is he follows Harry pretty much through the book without any question. He follows him uh, in the Chamber of Secrets with to the spiders, and he hates spiders. Um, mm-hmm. He sacrifices himself oh, uh, in yeah. Wizard's Chest to help them get to the uh, Philosopher's Stone. Um, and of course, you know they had their their kind of rough spats, and but he is always there for his friend and. I think more than anything that exemplifies who he is as a character more than his, his courage. Um, because I think that friendship between him and Harry and then his friendship between him and Hermione really, really is what mattered to us and Ron, I think in the story. So for those reasons, I, I wanted to gra- draft him um, for Hufflepuff. He is, uh, I think that Ron, while perfect, sometimes unable to articulate it is, one of the most fiercely loyal characters in the series. Um, he's not great as Hermione is uh, so great at putting it. He has the emotional range of a teaspoon, but uh, he, but the emotions are there. And uh, like I said, he's fiercely loyal to Harry and Hermione. <laughs> and it makes it that much more upsetting in the rare times that he really uh, divides from them, you know, in, in Goblet when they have their, their row and, and, and Hallows when he parts ways with them, it's, it's devastating because he's kind of that constant, in harry's life like he is always has harry's back um no matter what and you know it's a it's a tough role to play to be second fiddle Mm. to the boy who lived and to not get that glory and and recognition um and it's you know he obviously has his moments of hot-headedness like damon said um but through thick and thin he is always there for harry i would say his his truest uh, puff moment is is one of my favorite moments in, in Hallows when he rescues him from the from the pond. Um, it's just you knew he was going to come back. You know, I remember reading that book for the first time, and he leaves, and I was I was so sad, and I was like, "Please don't tell me this is the last time we see Ron." Like that's that's ridiculous. And yeah, and so the way he that shows back up is just so true to his character. He's there when it matters. He's just an incredibly constant. Uh, presence in in Harry's life, and mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, that's a that's a great pick. I love it. Yeah, when when he saves right. him from the pond, he's kind of like, you, you silly yeah. bastard, why'd you jump in there? So I had to jump after you. Like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> come on, dude. Um, yeah, absolutely perfect. And guys, he's the only one that is like that's right. That's that's correct in, in every book. Oh, oh man, <laughs> he's always he's not, he You know, he's he's very light on manners, right. you know, but he means well. I love it. <laughs> um, so that finishes off Hufflepuff, and we are now going to go to the last pick for Slytherin. Yeah, yeah. So this was a bit of a scramble because two of mine <laughs> got picked before. I could get there. So Hedwig was kind of a last minute choice that I just kind of threw in. And then this one's going to be a last minute choice. But I actually, the more I'm sat here thinking about it, the happier I am with it. Um, I think it's got a lot of potential for discussion. So my last pick for Slytherin House is going to be Virginia Dursley. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Um, I love it. So I think just if you think about 
that like obviously there's like obvious reasons why you like why she would fit there she's like not you know in terms of the again the sort of pantomime villain Slytherin thing she's very self-serving she um has you know her people that she looks after and that's it and she's pretty cunning and um she's pretty she can be pretty cruel to those sort of that she doesn't agree with um but imagine if she had magical abilities from the get-go like lily um and she had gone to Hogwarts with her and got sorted in Slytherin. that would have changed the game it would have changed the whole uh the whole course of everything and i think you know she's definitely got a thirst i think she would definitely if she had been sorted in Slytherin, yeah. she would have that thirst to prove herself that the sorting hat sort of talks about in when when it talks about Slytherin with harry um and I think there would be the danger that she would maybe go too far into like the blood status um, trend, particularly as that was picking up during the time she would have been going to Hogwarts. Um, but actually, if her, if that meant if she went to Hogwarts, maybe her relationship with Lily would have been better maintained, and um, there wouldn't have been such a rift there. And maybe she might have been a better bridge between Lily and Snape, and prevented sort of that from deteriorating in such a terrible way. Um, and then, you know, thinking even further from, than that, if, if you know, and she would still be a, a muggle-born in a pure-blood house. So, again, with the sort of Hermione pick, she might uh, help maybe improve the reputation of, Slytherin, like, of muggle-borns in Slytherin slightly. And then thinking sort of beyond Hogwarts, would, presuming then that Harry would still get left with her, would that mean she would treat Harry a little differently if she knew that he would be a wizard? Um would she look upon that a little kinder? And, you know, she might not have even married Vernon. So, like, there's so many avenues of possibility with that. I think it would be uh, really interesting to explore. I she would she not have married him either. either. Definitely not. Oh, yeah. No. Question for everyone. Who would no. she have she married, would... y'all? Uh, no. Wormtail, maybe? <laughs> well, oh, well, no way. No. See, see, Petunia is one of those people that's she was covetous of lily's abilities uh of to be magic because she wanted Mm. them to be equal and she wanted them to be the same and that made lily different she didn't understand it and so she had to go in the complete opposite direction and be just like everybody else but even better than everybody else so it's kind of like a well if i have to do this then i'm going to be the best at it which is a Mm -hmm. very sort of Mm, slytherin okay so if i have to settle then i'm going to be the best at what i have to settle at kind of attitude yeah um yeah completely ambitious yeah and so she had that ambition exactly to tell dumbledore can i be a wizard and he said no Mm -hmm. so she's like fine i am going to go in the opposite direction and be the best muggle while you try to be the best wizard very true um i i like this pick a lot and because She's a very, like you said, she's very loyal to her family, to those that she cares for. And it's not a lot of people. It's only for those that that it's a part of her own personal life. But it, it's a very uh, Narcissa Malfoy mm-hmm. type kind of uh, love towards her family. You know, it's a whatever is needed. Uh, doesn't mm-hmm. matter if anyone else thinks differently of me. This is how I'm going to do this. And y'all are going to be okay with it. Yeah. I, I... Very Slytherin of her. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I think if she had... Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, I think if it had been... Oh, I think she would have wow. made the same decision as Narcissa yeah. in the forest if she had been there. 100, I instead think so. Of, it's a Narcissa. I think she I, would have... I, I, I don't she think she would have... 
I don't think she would have made the same decision as Narcissa. Ooh. You think she would have? I think Narcissa Malfoy is a very underrated, wonderful mother that nobody wow. thinks about. And I think Petunia Dursley is an absolutely That's very mother, fair. No matter what. <laughs> yeah. Because she does That's not fair. have any... Because you can be like a... She doesn't have any like human emotion yeah. for... Like she doesn't have any humanity towards other people. She would get caught up in the whole Death Great Eater call. thing. Like she got caught up in the vision of suburbia that she was living. Yeah, I think I think I think she definitely would have strayed too far into the Death Eater circle. But I also think her um, her attitude comes from being rejected uh, when she was younger. And I think if she had been had mm. magical abilities i think that maybe would have changed her attitude i think okay. she would have been a softer Fair person point. but I, I totally know what you're saying and i do agree with you about Mrs. Yeah. like she is the an, an underrated hero of the story i think um yeah. as all the mother all the mothers you know that it's all really like the whole of yeah. harry potter is just love, I love it mothers, I, isn't it and i think she often gets overlooked in that i love olivia yeah. when is the book absolutely because i'm thinking about all the changes that this makes and it's hurting my brain like what if this happens and this happens? Like, this changes <laughs> the entire course of the series, absolutely. I know. Uh, it's wonderful. Um, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and roll into my final pick for yeah. House Gryffindor. Yeah. Okay, so I saved this pick for last um, for, for a Do reason. I, this was a pick that um, if it got snatched before I grabbed it, I would have been okay with because I know that this is going to be met with a lot of controversy. Um, and I... I, this is a character that I have wrestled with uh, <laughs> from the very, you know, first time I opened Philosopher's Stone. Do I like this character? Do I like the way he's written? Do I hate this character? Um, I'm going to go with Severus Snape. Um, Severus Snape. Snape. Dumbledore. You know, Snape. <laughs> I love it. Flashback with me for a second <laughs> <laughs> to reading the series. Uh, for the first time as a as a young uh, wee lad, as a preteen, and uh, <laughs> I just latched onto Snape in a really weird way, man. I was like, this is a dark character, and I love how complex he is, and I'm just ride or die for Snape. And then every reread, I have just, like, loathed and loathed Snape more and more. Um, and you're supposed to. Uh, but I just think that, um, similar to Petunia, if Snape is mm. in Gryffindor, it changes everything for him um and i also think that the sorting hat um when he sorts you he doesn't see your like what you are in the moment he sees so much potential and what you will become um this is very apparent in neville and neville becoming becoming a gryffindor has the ultimate gryffindor mm -hmm. arc um yeah absolutely mm -hmm. the sorting hat sees him killing the destroying a horcrux gryffindor um mm -hmm. And so I think that the Sorting Hat in this in this Twilight Zone nightmare scenario, when he makes Snape a Gryffindor, uh, I think that uh, when that happens, he sees Snape um, deciding to go undercover as a Death Eater. He sees Snape having to kill one of his only true friends. Um, he sees Snape, you know, being aware of the love of, the love of his life dying and then having to watch over her son who is the representation of everything he hated as a young man 
Um, but ultimately, the hat sees Snape making that ultimate sacrifice at the end and to the very end being Dumbledore's man through and through. And say what you will about the man, Harry gets it right at the end of the story when he says he's the bravest man he ever knew. Um, it takes an incredible amount of bravery to live that kind of life. Mm-hmm. Um, the choices he makes are, uh, I won't even say questionable. He's, a, he's an absolute monster. Um, he's a terrible teacher. He is awful to Neville and Harry and Ron and fill in the blank. He... Um, calls Lily the wizarding equivalent of a racial slur. Um, he is a terrible person, but there is still so much bravery in him. And also, I think, mm. untapped bravery. I'm just picturing what happens when he's sorted into Gryffindor. You know, he obviously is, a ra- is around Lily much more. Um, that friendship could easily blossom in a much healthier way. Um, you know, there's a, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but there's a, there's a YouTube video that kind of talks about how, um, the, the generation of James and Lily is kind of echoed in Harry's generation. And Luna is kind of the, the, the good reflection of Snape because she is the outcast, but she accepts the love given to her by Lily's representation, Jenny, um, instead of kind of throwing it away. Um, and, uh, I, I recommend it. Go check out Super Carlin Brothers on YouTube. They're a great YouTube channel, but, um, I just, Snape, uh, is someone who is just potential, potential, potential. Um, he's one of the most complex literary characters I've read in my life, but I just think that he's so much more complex if Mm. he's in Gryffindor because he, maybe he still makes some of those really bad choices, but he is constantly grappling with that side in him that wants to be brave and wants to be a good person. He's constantly fighting with that light, as we see in the series. Um, and to the very end, like I said, he is Dumbledore's man through and through. He does everything Dumbledore asks of him. I just, I'm imagining how hard a decision it must be to, to have to kill this man who's really, at that point in his life, his only remaining, uh, his only remaining source of light. Um, and so having to go through that, the bravery that takes, and to still be this double agent as a death eater, um, Voldemort thinking that he's his right hand man to the very end. Um, I just think that you, you put Snape in Gryffindor and there is so much potential to be unleashed uh, in that, that character arc. I completely agree with you, Kyle. Um, He couldn't be in anywhere, but Slytherin or Gryffindor. I tried to, justify Ravenclaw but yeah I mean and you know he's the only Mm. he he the thing about Snape that I love is that he gets stuck playing the character of Snape or Professor Snape he gets stuck in it and he can't pull himself out because the only two people he's ever been honest to about who Severus is Mm. uh, is Albus Dumbledore and Lily Potter they're the only two characters that ever called him Severus, not Snivellus or Snape or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's just an incredibly interesting character because he's, um, it seems like oh. he's one of those actors yeah. that I can't remember what they're called method actors where they get stuck in playing one character um, while they're acting. And um, Snape has just those pieces that come out that he forgets to keep up the character of. Professor Snape, like when um, the troll, he finds that (laughs) Harry, Hermione, and Ron have knocked the troll out. He kind of is astonished, like, 
what the hell? And you just catch him in these moments where he mm-hmm. forgets that he's supposed to be domineering. So absolutely a courageous, brave Gryffindor thing to be to get so committed and so lost in a character because mm. you are yeah. dedicated to love and um, everything. What do you think, so, Olivia? Totally. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got, I think it's a great pick. I've got issues with Snape, um, which is fine. <laughs> Um, I think you're right. Like he does some, and I think Lindy like like stop building what you said. I think there's when you catch him, when when you see the moments where he's just like lets that facade drop, it's like the most interesting. Like I think I'm not sure if it's a, I can't remember if it's written in Prisoner of Azkaban if it or if this oh, is a movie edition. Yeah. But when Lupin turns into the werewolf and he like actively shields. Um, that's a book thing too that is a book thing as well I remember I hoped it was because I thought it was mm-hmm. a really nice touch that they get, like put it in the movie um, and then also like um, in Deathly Hallows it, again just the movie um, when he's dueling with McGonagall yeah. and if, it's like a blink and you'll miss it but he actually like diverts two of McGonagall's yes. spells back to the Carrows and like yes. it's <laughs> just such a subtle thing and I just think that's a risky move my guy like to do that in front of everyone um and i just think there's like these little subtle moments where yeah he's sort of i mean as well as all like you know the big stuff like actually like killing dumbledore i think that was pretty brave and then just like going like headfirst into the sort of double agent thing after that without dumbledore sort of hold his hand through that i think was yeah incredibly brave um uh it's a travesty that it's it's albus and not albus um (laughs) rubius but like we can have that discussion at another time um um, i I think uh we've all said this but it's just a tragic story of of severus snape and and the idea of him and gryffindor completely flips that on its head and you, you 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 see in uh you see it in your head of mm-hmm. he he would have more support he would have lily more by his side he wouldn't feel like he would have to pre- kind of put on this act of this this loathsome kid this kid who has to protect himself and protect himself from everyone else he you know from from the sounds of it he wasn't a very like mm-hmm. kid in slytherin either um he was the half-blood prince it didn't seem like he was maybe very he stuck in really anywhere but uh, at least with Gryffindor, I feel like a possibility of, at least with Lily, he would have at least had a, a base, a, a very small base of support that he could have at least maybe maybe took those steps to becoming a better person. Um, instead, we, we see this very emotionally driven Severus Snape, who, who, of course, that's why he's either going to be Gryffindor or, or uh, Slytherin, because he's so emotionally compromised uh, in many aspects that uh, it really pushes and pulls him towards a lot of the things he does. And, and so I, I love this idea that he, he could maybe become a much, even more of a complex mm. character than he even already is. If he were to be in Gryffindor, yeah. I love thinking about that. He's, he's, I think he's the yeah. only character whose story would have been absolutely the same. Oh, if he that's were fair. That's fair. A different house. Mm. Because, just because because him and James would have had the same relationship because they both felt the same way about Lily, even if they didn't understand that they knew it, but they both knew it. And he would have done, he would have loved Lily the same and would have betrayed them to Voldemort the same because he was loathsome of 
you know, James and stuff like that because he would have still been working for Voldemort and still would have spied on the prophecy and everything yeah. still would have been the same. <laughs> but he would have been more suited mental That's fair. I like that. And I guess that is a good way to show just how similar Gryffindor and, and Slytherin really can be. Yeah. Uh, how, how much it might not change. Um, yeah. Well, like, of this thing is mine. Yes, very it possessive. And it's kind of like a, that's how him and James very that's much very are true. Uh, towards mm. each and other. And when we finally get the Netflix series of yeah. the Marauders, we, we give me that rivalry, that 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 tension. <laughs> Oof, that's ever gonna happen. <laughs> okay, HBO Max. Then you know <laughs> they have Universal. Yes. They can do it. I I, I believe in them. <laughs> um. So I think with uh, Severus Snape as the last pick, that uh, ends our rehousing draft. Oh yeah. Uh, good job guys that was a lot of fun um let's go ahead and recap them real quick uh kyle who who is your team hufflepuff i mean team gryffindor for my gryffindor house my uh my four rehoused uh gryffindors i have um, (laughs) um, i have nymphadora tonks i have uh cedric diggory and i have severus snape all right, to uh, that is a great team. What a Very team. strong. Oh, yeah. They would be able to kick a lot of people's asses <laughs> if they were they were you know dueling anybody. Hell uh, yeah, Olivia, Team Slytherin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Team Slytherin is Hermione Granger, Hedwig, Horace Slughorn, <laughs> and Petunia Dursley. So just like yes. the, the dinner party from hell. <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> would have a lot of fun with that dinner party. So, you know, he, he's oh, the God, best yeah. facilitator yeah. ever. You know, yeah. so he's the yeah. person you but would. But would just be very is, appalled is that Hedwig yeah. was at oh, the yeah. table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the table setting. He didn't have the right table and setting. And also, Olivia, exactly I was going to say, about, if you had yeah. gone with someone else for your last pick, I was going to be like, "Are you oh, purposely going for all H's?" <laughs> Because I was, I was typing your list out, I was like, Hermione, Horus. Well, I was thinking about I was thinking about going instead yeah. of Petunia. I was going to mm-hmm. go Hepzibah Smith, but I couldn't scrabble together the mental. Oh, Hepzibah, uh, we barely you know, knew you. Ingenuity to go <laughs> so quickly. Um, yeah, it would have been. <laughs> I think Petunia worked out just fine. Great. Oh, Lindy, so great. Team mm, Ravenclaw. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, you know, I was oh, just going to go going last, but you? I, you know, I can go next. Uh, <laughs> Don't forget. You know, the it's rules. the Ravenclaw in me that I was like, "Excuse me, I was number four, <laughs> and you're making me skip." I'm happy to skip though. Hufflepuff show <laughs> the rules, rules are, you know, they're you kind of me? loose. You know, <laughs> I'm happy to go. Hufflepuffs are just going to be standing um, there holding the door open. Damon's Damon's just letting people go through the door. No, no, after you, after you. <laughs> exactly. You have no idea how true this is. <laughs> uh, well, I'll go, Damon, instead of giving you more shit. Um, so my, my four picks were um, Albus, Percival, Wolfric, Brian, Dumbledore, um, yes. Porpatina, Goldstein, Remus Lupin, and uh, yeah, that's President super Sarah strong personalities Oof. right there all very balanced minded uh yes. that's yeah that is ravenclaw big brain right energy. there <laughs> i want to yeah, hang out with them i think pretty good 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, good dinner party. Right. Good brain energy. And then, uh, good we have Team Hufflepuff by yours truly. Uh, I have we have Dobby the house elf, Rubius Hagrid, Neville Longbottom, and Ron yeah. Weasley. Uh, and I just want to go and drink the ultimate, with them. The ultimate hang and play some wizard chess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're going to one of those Harry Potter parties. Totally. <laughs> um, well, guys, that that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> does anyone have any other extra thoughts they wanted to throw out there before we uh, say goodbye to everyone? Yes. Ooh, no, this was so fun. Yes. I'm glad everybody had sort of the same non-judgmental ideas well, you of know, all the characters. I, I, I think we all are, all are going into this yes. with the idea that everyone can be almost house uh, sorted anywhere you know it, it's really just kind of the situation so i, I like being able to look at sure. other different kind of situations they might have been able to go into um yes, olivia and lindy thank you so yeah, much definitely. Guys, I just want to say thanks so much it was you guys really good fun. um yeah yes absolutely we will definitely have y'all back thank yes you. thank you for having us um yes Thanks, guys. I, I think that's going to do it here. Uh, another episode of Planet Fantasy Podcast. Uh, and if you have any feedback, uh, go ahead and email us at planetfantasypodcast at gmail.com. I'm sure you'll hear from Olivia and Lindy again. <laughs> We're going to be doing these forever now. So get used to it. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, we're going to see, see you all next week with another episode. Until then, peace. <laughs>